Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me on another pop culture deep dive. I am so happy to be back in front of this microphone, back in the deep end with all of you. I missed you all so much, so I'm so happy to be back. Um, I hope everyone's holiday season is in full swing and is very merry and bright. Uh, This time of year, I always get very, very reflective and look back on the last year and see how things have changed and how I've evolved. And I just I like to kind of reflect on the tail end of the year and reflecting on 2022. I'm just really, really happy on how the year turned out. So many amazing memories and accomplishments. And I just feel really, really good about this year. And I'm just very, very happy with with how it went because full disclosure, 2021 was one of my least favorite years of my life. When I'm really dramatic, I say it's one of the worst years of my life. <laughs> Because it just, it was a really difficult year for me in 2021. I think coming off the pandemic and just re-entering society and, you know, the outside world was difficult for me because, I mean, I'm sure it was difficult for a lot of people because we were rattled and our whole worlds were turned upside down with something that we never thought would ever happen. And it just was just an extremely difficult time. And my mental health was not great. And I was just afraid. I was afraid to go out and I love going out. So it was hard for me. And I was holed up in my apartment and I was living in a very, very small apartment at the time. So it was, it was just hard and I did not like 2021. So I remember this time last year, just being really disappointed with the year. And I felt like it was a wasted year and I was just really, really sad about it. And I told myself like, never again, I will never have that kind of year again. So I was really, really intentional with this year in setting my goals and intentions of the year to make this year a much better time than 2021 was. And I'm really happy to say it was. I rebounded. I rose from the ashes like a phoenix. So I'm I'm just happy reflecting on this year. I think it just it turned out really well. And what made this year really, really special for me was launching Diving Board. It This was a project that I wanted to do for so long, but was so terrified to do. And anyone who knows me, I never posted on social media and I never really posted on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook, so I never posted on there. Really, the only thing I would post on was Snapchat, like silly Snapchat stories for you know a handful of friends. And I just, I never did that. I never really posted. So to launch a podcast where it was just me as a solo host was absolutely terrifying. But one of my goals for this year was to push myself out of my comfort zone and to actually follow through with things that I wanted to do creatively. And I'm just so happy that I did it because I was terrified and I still get terrified when I launch episodes. I'm still like, are people going to think I'm stupid? Are people going to think I'm an idiot? And more and more, the more that I do it, those voices are a lot softer and I have more confidence in myself. And it's because of all 
all of you. You all have been so supportive and so nice and telling me that you enjoy the episodes or look forward to the episodes. I mean, I never thought in a million years I could do something like this or I have the nerve to do something like this. So I just want to say thank you all so much for your amazing support um, this year. I know I'm still a really small podcast and tiny, but the fact that people listen to this and enjoy it and say nice things about it is just amazing to me. So you have no idea how much it means to me. So thank you all so, so much. And when I was thinking about what could I give back um, for the holiday season and what kind of gift could I give all of you, I just kept thinking of the crowning jewel of the Diving Board podcast. And anyone who has listened from the beginning knows that the crowning jewel of the Diving Board podcast is our girl, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay is just the pinnacle of what podcasts like Diving Board are about. She gives us so much and she has given us so much for over 20 years now. And I love her. And I think the best gift that I could give all of you this holiday season is our Lindsay series. And I've been talking about the Lindsay series for a while now. And it is here and it is my gift for you. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Lindsay is the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know how many parts this is going to be, but this week is going to be dedicated to Lindsay. And I'm really hoping that these episodes just live in infamy for the Diving Board podcast. I am so excited to get into it. Um, I hope, you know, there's going to be a lot of content in the next few episodes. Like I said, I don't know how many parts there's going to be. I'm going to have to edit because Lindsay's so interesting to me. So I was just typing out all of these notes. I don't know if anyone cares about it. So I really still have to edit things down. I'm not sure. I just know that there's going to be multiple parts. So I hope if you're traveling for the holiday, like if you have to go home and you're traveling, you're flying, you're driving, there's going to be a lot of content for you to listen to. So I am really excited about that. So without further ado, we will finally get into our Lindsay Lohan series. I am like beyond excited. You guys don't even get it. I'm sure you get it because you know I've devoted so much time talking about her. But let's get into it. Who is Lindsay Lohan? Well, Lindsay Lohan was born on July 2nd, 1986 in the Bronx, New York to Michael and Dina Lohan. I'm smiling so much. I'm so excited. Sorry. Uh, Dina was a former Rockette and Michael was a trader on Wall Street. Uh, the couple had four children and Dina really wanted her kids clearly to succeed in the entertainment industry. Her kids were models. Uh, she put... Uh, uh, Lindsay immediately in modeling. Lindsay was the oldest of the four, but you know, Allie was in modeling. Uh, Cody, the youngest, Dakota Lohan, he was in modeling. So clearly, this was really important to Dina that her kids succeed in the entertainment industry, or at least be known in the entertainment industry. So to an outsider, you would look at this family and think, wow, there's beautiful kids, they're modeling, they have a really great home, they live in a really nice neighborhood, their life must be amazing. But that's not, couldn't be further from the truth because Lindsay had a really rocky home life from 
basically the very beginning. Michael Lohan, he actually went away in 1990 due to insider trading. Sorry, going away. I've watched way too much of The Sopranos. They say going away as opposed to going to jail. Michael, he went to jail for insider trading, and he was actually sentenced for three years for insider trading. We know all about insider trading from the Martha Stewart episode. If you haven't listened to that, definitely go listen to it. Shameless plug. But he was in jail, and when he got out of jail three years later, Lindsay was already modeling. She was signed by Ford Models. She was their first redhead. She was in a few commercials. She was uh, modeling for Calvin Klein. She was also modeling for Abercrombie and Fitch. There's this amazing picture of her as a kid modeling for Abercrombie and Fitch, and a young Lana Del Rey is also modeling with her which I thought it was photoshopped until Lana herself posted it. And I was like, oh my gosh, two of my icons modeling together as children, I I live. But she was really, you know, gaining pretty good traction on the modeling circuit and had a great agency. And Michael came out and she was definitely building her stardom. But it was super tumultuous. They were running from Michael. Dina had an order of protection against Michael. She was actually living in her parents' house uh, to get away from to get away from Michael. They moved out of the family home that they owned. It sat vacant. Dina was living in her parents' house. Michael was living in his parents' house. And Lindsay says it was just horrible. They always fought. And Michael was actually crazy in the way that he would fight. She describes one time when they went back home to the family home because Dina was like, okay, let's take the chance. Let's move back into our house. They're moving their stuff back in. And all of a sudden, Dina walks into the bathroom and Michael Lohan pops out from behind the shower curtain and chases them out of the house. Like, could you imagine? And they all run into the car and drive off as he's chasing behind them. Like, what? Like, this is crazy. So, like, Lindsay grew up with a lot of craziness, basically at the hands of her dad. It was just, like I said, very, very tumultuous. I mean, he's popping out uh, Norman Bates style outside of the shower curtain. Like, come on. That is a lot to deal with as a child. Um, but, you know, Lindsay, she was taking off in the entertainment world. And Dina and Michael had actually separated in 1995 for a short time. And that is when we know Michael Lohan actually fathered another child during this time. We found that out about 10 years ago, I think it was. Time is kind of a blur, but it was about 10-ish years ago we found out Michael Lohan actually had another child, but that was during that time. So like I said, crazy, crazy childhood. But Lindsay, she was really doing her thing in the entertainment world while this was happening. She was building her career in the early 90s as a child. And she was, like I said, booking modeling gigs, and she eventually landed a reoccurring role on the soap opera Another World. And this is how she caught the eye of Disney. Disney saw her and thought, like, who's this cute little redhead? Who's this girl? She's really good. And they had her come in and audition for The Parent Trap, and she was cast in the movie. We know in The Parent Trap she played two roles, which was very, very difficult. I mean, she's like 12 years old playing the role of two people and having to, you know, play two characters. So impressive. And you know, I've mentioned before on the Diving Board podcast, 
Parent Trap, The Parent Trap, like the remake, 1998 with Lindsay Lohan, definitely a cinematic masterpiece, definitely one of my favorite films, and probably the film that I've seen the most times. I am obsessed with that movie. One of my first memories ever was being seven years old and my Aunt Barb taking us to the movie theater, and I was one of four kids, so she took all of the four kids. My little brother was like two years old at the time. She took us all to the movie theater, and I just remember being in that movie theater, watching The Parent Trap and being obsessed with it. So so it was definitely a core memory for me. I love that movie and I was instantly obsessed with Lindsay Lohan. And so was everyone else. She took off like wildfire and she signed a three- picture deal with Disney. They said, let's get you a contract. You're going to make a couple more movies with us at the very least. And, you know, people loved her. They loved working with her. The actors on set sung her praises. They said she was so talented. She was so gifted and couldn't wait to see what she was going to do. But Lindsay, after the success of The Parent Trap, she said she wanted to be a kid. She wanted to not just immediately dive into working. She wanted to enjoy her childhood. And this could have been because of how tumultuous things were. I mean, her dad, while she was on the set of The Parent Trap, he actually flew out to Napa to see her. And that was actually a violation of his parole. So he was sent to prison again. So maybe she just wanted to be home with her family. I'm not sure. But she just said, I want to be a kid and I don't want to just make movies right away and use up my childhood. But that didn't last very long because she immediately saw her friend Lacey Chabert, uh, who, of course, we know as Gretchen Wieners in Mean Girls. She saw that Lacey Chabert was getting a bunch of different roles. I mean, Lacey was on Party of Five and her career was kind of taking off. So Lindsay kind of got jealous and she's like, no, OK, I, I can't let this happen. I need to throw my hat back into the ring. So soon Lindsay was back with Disney. She starred in Life Size, of course, with Tyra Banks. We love Life Size Eve. I mean, total icon. I love that movie. And she was also in Get a Clue, which also loved Get a Clue. Amazing film, which I think Get a Clue was just a Disney Channel original movie, a DCOM. Remember when they tried to rebrand to DCOM? But a great Disney Channel original movie. I miss those. Used to look forward to those all the time. So she was still definitely um, on the radar, but she kind of exploded in 2003 when she had her really, really big break, which was in Freaky Friday. Obsessed with Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis, one of my favorite movies. And I think it was a lot of our favorite movies as a kid because that's was a DVD I feel like everyone had and everyone knew the song that Lindsay sang in it. Everyone knew the Pink Slip songs. I actually sang one of the Pink Slip songs on the Ashley Simpson episodes if you want to relive one of my extremely embarrassing moments. Um, But everyone just loved this film. And it really was just a breakout role for her because I think she was cementing her A-list status at this point. And she was gaining world worldwide stardom. Everyone knew the name Lindsay Lohan at this point, not just, oh, the little girl from The Parent Trap. 
And she was also getting a lot of press at this time because this was when that feud with Hillary Duff started, which if you want the ins and outs of that feud, definitely check out the episode that we did on that. Uh, and no press is bad press. I mean, she was in the tabloids. People were talking about her. She was on that iconic Vanity Fair cover, It's Raining Teens. I mean, she was definitely establishing herself in young Hollywood. In 2004 was just such a massive year for Lindsay because it started with her starring in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And this movie, of course, was panned by the critics and critics went so far as to say, well, Lindsay Lohan has a lot of talent, but she's really going to have to redeem herself for being in such a stupid movie. But this is old men critics saying that, and they don't realize that this appealed to the most important fan base of them all, and that is young girls. You know, think about that Sex and the City episode, Samantha Jones says, first the gays, then the girls, then the industry. Girls, especially young girls, are the most loyal fan base you can ever have. When I think about the celebrities I liked as a young girl and how steadfast I was to them, it's it's unwavering. I was an emo kid in high school, so I would ask my mom, like, can we please go to three different hot topics so I could find the commemorative Panic at the Disco set that I want? And it's like, that was all I could think about in life was just supporting the people who I liked. I mean, look at Britney Spears. I'm still steadfast to her and it's been like 25 years. I mean, the young girls, if you have that fan base, you are in. And Lindsay had that fan base. Young girls loved Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And it was also a movie that she had a song in. So she also kind of had that two for one deal because she had a hit movie and she had a hit song. So she was really, really building her career on many different avenues. And in 2004, her career even exploded even more to astronomical levels because, of course, this is when Mean Girls came out. Side note, if you hear that, that's my radiator. I live in an old building, sorry. Um, but if you're old enough to remember this, Mean Girls took over the world at this point. People loved Mean Girls. It raked in $130 million in the box office. People were quoting it. People were doing the Jingle Bell Rock Dance. People to this day are doing the Jingle Bell Rock Dance every Christmas. It's constantly being referenced. Mean Girls was just a cultural reset for us, pretty much. Like, people overuse that term, but I dare I say Mean Girls was a cultural reset. Life before and after Mean Girls was very different. So this really, really cemented Lindsay into absolute worldwide stardom, astronomical stardom, and she was the new teen movie queen. And this landed her on the cover of Vanity Fair, and I remember that cover because I was a magazine kid um, as a child, and my mom subscribed to so many different magazines, and I had the Vanity Fair with her on the cover. And I remember there was a picture of her sitting, I think, on a couch, and she was super tan. She had this fiery red hair, and it was like blowing the wind. It was so voluptuous. She was in a bikini and she had these bright blue eyes. She had these huge boobs. And I just thought like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Like I was obsessed with her. So like we knew Lindsay Lohan and her star was just rising out of the galaxy. 
And 2004 was also the year that Lindsay hosted the MTV Movie Awards, and she was already becoming a little bit of a diva. She said she put people through hell because she wanted to have more costume changes than Sarah Jessica Parker, who, if you remember, I used to love the MTV Movie Awards and also the VMAs. I used to watch every single year. I think all of us did because it was really interesting back then, but SJP had actually hosted a couple of years prior, so she wanted to outdo her with all of the costume changes. And do you remember in 2004 when Lindsay hosted the MTV Movie Awards and came out in that like Dolce and Gabbana tear off outfit and did that like weird dance routine? Like what was that? (laughs) And we all just like ate it up because this was back then when people delivered. People were out there, they were trying new things and they were just delivering us what we needed. And I really feel like we needed that dance routine. And there actually wasn't a dance routine planned because why would there be? But Lindsay was like, I can sing, I can dance, I can act. So I want to include this dance routine in the show. And she learned the dance routine supposedly. So the story goes 25 minutes before the show. And I mean, I believe it because if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Lindsay. But I mean, like I said, I just missed that time. Those award shows were amazing. Just something always happened. And now it's just, it's not the same, but I definitely miss that dance routine and I would love to revive it. But uh, Lindsay was 17 when she hosted the award show and she was by far the youngest host of the MTV Movie Awards ever. And this kind of showed how eager she was. She wanted to show her talent. She wanted to show that really anything that you threw at her, she could do and she could do successfully. Like she really could hold her own even at such a young age. And she was doing a really, really great job. And she was doing a better job than people who were much older than her. So she was definitely a force to be reckoned with. And this was the year she was invited to host SNL for the first time. And she actually hosted SNL three times between 2004 and 2006. And it's a major deal to host SNL still to this day. When you think about it, like the most famous person in the world right now is probably Kim Kardashian. And she has only hosted SNL once. And Lindsay has done it three times. So people, mega stars don't ever get a chance to host SNL and Lindsay has hosted it multiple times. So she really is very, very talented and she was showcasing extreme talent at such a young age. And 2004 just continued to be such a massive year for her because on December 4th, 2004, she released her first major album, which was called Speak. Which what? That would be, doing the math, 18 years. Oh my gosh, we missed the 18th year anniversary of Speak. Well, we're celebrating it belatedly about a week later. But yes, December 4th, 2004, Lindsay releases Speak and it wound up selling 1 million copies, which was the highest selling album from her label in several years. And this was, I mean, amazing for her to release this album and for it to do so well, Um, even though it was totally panned by the critics, which what did they know? They take things so seriously because they were like, she's not a bad singer, but she's not a great one, which she doesn't have to be. I mean, when you really think about most of the pop stars that were going on 
during that time, they weren't amazing singers. None of them were Mariah Carey. None of them were Whitney Houston. But the songs were fun and they were easy to dance to. So we liked it. I mean, not everyone has to be an amazing singer. That's why autotune exists, right? As long as it's catchy. And the iconic track, obviously, from the album was Rumors, which Rumors was definitely her anthem at the time because it was about all the stuff that she was going on in the tabloids. It was all of the, you know, tabloids about her dad's behavior and his stints in jail and what he was doing. And then, of course, the tabloids about her and Hillary and the few that they were going through. And of course, the paparazzi, because the paparazzi was following her everywhere because she was a mega star. And honestly, I miss songs about that. I love the songs that people would come out with back then that were about their life and they were addressing the things that we knew about, like Rumors or Boyfriend by Ashley Simpson. It was like stuff that we knew about and they were writing songs about it. And it just kind of made the songs even more fun. I just, I miss it. But I loved that album. I loved Speak. I was really into that song on the album Magnet. And I don't know why, but I have this like distinct memory of it was the eighth grade dance, uh, the eighth grade dinner dance. That's what we called it back then at my middle school. And I was going to go and I had to have like a nicer dress. So my mom took me to a store in the mall. Um, I don't know if this exists anymore, but do you remember the store Windsor? Um, (laughs) She took me to Windsor and... I was trying on dresses and I was kind of feeling myself because like, I I mean, I was one of four kids. So like there wasn't times where we really went to fancy things. So this was like my first foray into anything fancy. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like in all these fancy dresses and feeling really good. And I remember that song off the album Magnet was playing in the dressing room. And I just remember thinking like, I'm in this fun, sparkly dress and Magnet is playing and I just might be the coolest person who has ever walked this earth. Which, um, you know, couldn't have been farther from the truth. I was like the exact opposite. I was such a nerd. (laughs) That song had such a power over me. And I think about it almost 20 years later. Of like, I just, I loved that song so much. So shout out to Magnet and shout out to me in the Windsor dressing room feeling myself. I just, I've never told anyone that story and now I'm telling everyone. But <laughs> yes, shout out to Magnet. Still a complete banger. But anyway, Lindsay at this time, she turns 18 and she is just, she has money, she has power and she moves to LA, which is much to her mother's dismay because of course they lived in Long Island, New York and LA of course is the other side of the world. So she's like, oh my gosh, you know, she's going to be out. She's going to be doing her thing and I'm going to be on the other side of the country. So it's, you know, difficult and it's scary for your kid, but Lindsay has money. She doesn't need to answer to her mom. So she does her thing. She starts dating uh, Wilmer Valderrama, who is an absolute creep. And when she's 17, she starts being seen out with Wilmer, but she says, Wilmer's like a brother to me. But suddenly when she turns 18, he's no longer a brother to her and is more of a boyfriend. So I don't really understand when that dynamic changed. (laughs) 
<clears throat> but uh, yeah, Wilmer is a creep, and Wilmer has a tendency of dating 17-year-olds, similar to when he dated Demi Lovato when she was 17 and he was 29 years old. So that's par for the course for um, that uh absolute creepo and um, statutory rapist. But anyway, uh, we won't go into that. But she was dating Wilmer and they go public when she's 18 and she actually moves in with him and they're living together in L.A. And there's rumors that he's buying her a promise ring. Remember when that was really big in the early 2000s? And it's saying that like Lindsay bought him a Mercedes and they're they're actually really serious. And she's out on the club scene, she's with Paris, she's with Nicole, all the usual sub, uh, suspects in the club scene and is partying. I mean, she's 17, she's 18 years old, out in these really, really popular Hollywood clubs that are really hard to get into, but it's Lindsay Lohan and you're not even of age and you're in the booth, you're in the bottle service, you're doing your thing. And, but because Lindsay is officially 18 now, she's able to work the grueling Hollywood hours. She's able to work at all hours of the night because there are no more child labor laws. And in 2004, she films Herbie Fully Loaded. You know, this is fulfilling the Disney contract of the feature films. And this is actually her last Disney film. But she gets paid seven and a half million dollars for this film. And that kind of becomes her going rate for salaries for movies. So she's making a lot of money. And while she's filming Herbie Fully Loaded, she's also recording Speak. So she's working from all hours of the night trying to get the movie done and the album done. She was actually recording the album on the set of Herbie Fully Loaded. And she said in some of the recordings, you could actually hear the drag racing from the film going on in the background. It's kind of like when you can hear my radiator in the background. But um, <laughs> but yes, you can hear all of that in the background because she wanted to do two things at once. And you might be wondering, well, why is she taking on all of these tasks at once? Well, she was signed to Tommy Mottola's label. And any of our Mariah Carey fans who are listening, we know all about Tommy Mottola and how he will run people into the ground. And Tommy Mottola and Mariah Carey were actually married at one point. I can do an episode on that because now I'm just thinking of all of the episodes I've done, I've never mentioned anything about Mariah Carey, which is absolutely crazy to me because I love her. But um, yes, Tommy Mottola wanted it out by the holidays and he's like, it's getting done. I have a business to run and he really you know, rules with an iron fist and then some. So Lindsay had to film her movie and record it and get the album out by the holiday deadline. But this meant working 15 hour days. And of course, Lindsay's going out a lot on top of that. So she's never really sleeping. You know, you can see in Herbie Fully Loaded, like she has bags under her eyes. She looks just tired in that movie. Like she's beautiful. She looks great. But you can tell she's exhausted. She's partying. She's working. And she's just done. And eventually she's admitted to the hospital due to, quote, exhaustion. Remember years ago, a lot of um, celebrities were 
admitted because of exhaustion, which we know that's a blanket statement for a lot of other things. But she said she had a swollen liver. She had a kidney infection. Her white blood cells were accelerated. She said she was so pale and she could not walk. She also said that she lost 15 pounds, which, you know, Lindsay was already really thin. So losing 15 pounds is a lot of weight on her frame already. And even though Herbie Fully Loaded was a box office smash, Lindsay was seriously overworked and she stayed in the hospital for about a week and she was really, really sick. But Michael Lohan, who was already dealing with a myriad of legal issues, he was beating up Dina's brother with a shoe. He was beating up the garbage man. He was crashing a car because he was coked out. He had his problems. He came out and he said, Lindsay was sent to the hospital not because of exhaustion. She was sent to the hospital because of drug use. Could you imagine your dad saying that? Like, who knows? I really think Lindsay was overworked and she was not sleeping enough. And I do I think she was out partying a lot and not taking care of herself? Of course. But, you know, for your dad to come out and say that about you publicly, like that is that is absolutely insane. Like, is nothing sacred? Like, if anyone's going to be loyal to you it, and it's not going to be your parents, it's just he's sorry excuse for a human being. But the press had a field day with this because before they were only talking about Michael and his craziness when they were talking about Lindsay and the tabloids or they were talking about the Hillary Duff feud, which was so silly. But because Michael planted this seed, that's when the press started to have a field day. Was Lindsay doing drugs? Was she partying too much? What was she doing? Was it something else? It Was it exhaustion? Or could something else be the culprit? You know, the rumor started swirling. And Lindsay once said, I'm tired of rumors starting and I'm sick of being followed. But it was only beginning. Now, the paparazzi had even more fodder to talk about because they had Lindsay Lohan's partying ways. And Lindsay was definitely fueling the fire because I think low-key she liked being followed a little bit. She liked the attention, so she liked to go out to popular clubs in LA and NYC where you know the paparazzi is going to be there. So, you know, once Lindsay felt better, she was out partying in New York City. She was at Bungalow 8, remember again from Sex and the City with, when Carrie went and you needed the key to get into it. And she was at Marquee with Paris Hilton. And, you know, it was this stint in New York where the this was a really big story because someone supposedly found her purse and found her wallet and it had Lindsay Lohan's um, American Express card and her license in it. And there was also some precarious things in there where they found uh, a little nose candy and a $20 bill rolled up. So um, pretty incriminating. Uh, this was never proven, but I mean, I believe it. I mean, she's rich. She's out in New York. It it snows a lot in New York, and I'm not talking about um, precipitation. But Lindsay, I mean, she's living the dream. She's rich. She's famous. She's at the hottest nightclubs, and she's not even 19 yet, but she's out. She's in the booth. She's drinking expensive alcohol. She's doing drugs. She's sporting the latest fashion, the hottest bags. She's single now, and she's spotted with you know, the hottest stars in Hollywood, you making out with these guys. Like She's spending money like there's no tomorrow. She's doing 10 
$10,000 spa day. She's buying a $5 million mansion. Like she's literally living the dream and she's not even 19. She's just living her life with reckless abandon. But 2005, I mean, it's a super tumultuous year from the very beginning. Dina officially files for divorce from Michael. And Michael is also suing Lindsay for 15% of her earnings because he says he is entitled to 15% of everything that she's made. Because Michael didn't get his fill stealing from traders on Wall Street. He needs to steal from his own daughter now. So he wants 15%. So let's say Lindsay has made... Uh, at this point in her career, $15 million. So let's do this math. $15 million, 15% of that is $2.2 million. So that's a a pretty nice paycheck for someone who is um, spending his time beating up the garbage man. But needless to say, nothing came from that. But there are still constant blind items about Lindsay's cocaine habit. She's in the tabloids nearly every single day. Like think back to that time and like Perez Hilton and the tabloid blogs and the tabloid magazines. Lindsay was in them constantly. Like she put so much money in the paparazzi's pockets and food on all of their tables just by single-handedly living her life and being crazy because there was just so much fodder. But she's having the time of her life and she's landing movie deals left and right. Her next movie is the rom-com Just My Luck, uh, which was a bit more grown up. It's still a rom-com, but um, not necessarily teen, more like early 20s. And um, she gets paid $7.5 million to star in the film. But here's the thing. The filming was taking place in New Orleans, and it was taking place in the spring, which you know, spring in New Orleans is Mardi Gras, which is the biggest party time in New Orleans, which is already a massive party town. So Mardi Gras is just insane during New Orleans, and Lindsay took full advantage of that. She's out at every bar in New Orleans, every major bar, every hole-in-the-wall bar, drinking, doing her thing, partying to all hours of the night. And this is when she starts being seen everywhere drinking. People are taking pictures of her, and all of the rumors from the set start to come in, saying she's showing up hungover, she's showing up late, she's not showing up at all, she's showing up tired, she's throwing tantrum she's storming off the set and people are seeing all of these pictures of her drinking and then seeing these rumors and being like of course this is happening of course but dina lohan says no that never happened i'm on the set too i'm out in the bars with her you see her drinking what you think is a vodka cranberry no that's a cranberry and soda water nice try which um Like, we weren't born yesterday. Like, come on. But Lindsay is really taking advantage of this. But this is when we get the kind of inkling that she's becoming a little bit difficult to work with. And the film, it does okay at the box office. Of course, it doesn't nearly match the success of her previous films that had astronomical showings at the box office. It still does okay. I mean, it earns more than the budget, so they made money on the film. It wasn't a complete flop. But, you know, when you look at this, and you look at this time in Lindsay Lohan's life, this really was the peak of her career. And it's sad to think because when you're looking at such a young girl, you would think this is just the beginning. Like this girl has exploded and she's just going to continue to explode and have 
And she's going to have truly an amazing career as an actress, as a singer, and really anything that she touches is going to turn to gold. And unfortunately, we know that's not what happened. And though it looks like this would just be the beginning of a great career, unfortunately, it was the beginning of a rather large downfall. And that is where I will stop this installment because we are about to get into it. It's about to get crazy. And I don't know how many installments this next Lindsay era is going to be, but trust, I am going to cover it all. So I'm so excited to get into it. We've laid the groundwork and now it's there's going to be some action. So stay tuned. I will be back every single day this week until we've covered Lindsay. And I'm so excited to do it. So stay tuned. I'll be back tomorrow with more of Lindsay Lohan. And thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this first installment, please, I would so appreciate if you rated me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening. And if you are so inclined to write me a review on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate it. It just motivates people to listen more to the podcast. So thank you all so much again for listening. And I will be back tomorrow with more of our girl, Lindsay. In the meantime, take care, everyone.